Yeah, I'm kind of overhyping it up right now. <laughs> you know, she is one third of the Black Avengers. You know, um, as I mentioned before, she is like the world of World of Doom. So yeah, let's give it up for Megan's world, everybody. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> reunited and it feels so good hey. <laughs> all right that was for the black people out there that's yeah. listening <laughs> white people you're included too don't 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 trip <laughs> but yeah how you doing meg i'm doing pretty good excited for this episode as always and excited to collaborate with you again as always yep I am too. I am excited for this episode. I mean, we got something exciting for you guys. Um, but before we get into that, if you guys want to follow Megan's World, it is just Megan's World on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else. <laughs> you know, so Megan's World is. If you guys are wondering the spelling, it's M E A G A N Z double O. W O I said double O W O R L D. So once again, Megan's world, everybody. What we're going to talk about today is pretty much something kind of interesting that um we're trying to get into, um, which was like the it movies, because recently we both kind of watched the it movie, correct? Yeah, we did. We pretty much binge watched it from the 1991 to the 2018 one. And the other one came out, 2018, 2019, something like 
okay there we go mm -hmm. yep, so yep. yeah <laughs> and it was a journey those movies are long as hell <laughs> oh yeah those movies are long as hell but you know what's the crazy thing about it is like re after re-watching the movies i'm realizing how the original it movie doesn't really feel long as far as like the two-part miniseries goes mm -hmm. like the whole thing within itself is about three hours long mm -hmm. now <clears throat> when i was younger because i actually had to buy this film um on dvd i never saw this movie like on television when it, when it was on abc and everything you know and i never really saw it on television or anything else they never really showed it like anywhere like on television so each time and i'm gonna have to say like maybe when i was like in i want to say middle school i remember going into blockbuster or just like any video store in general but mainly blockbusters and i remember seeing that it covered that cover of pennywise ripping out of like the corner of like the dvd cover you know, with the with the little fucking alien hands showing out and everything. Mm -hmm. I remember that too. <laughs> yep, yep. And ever since I saw that cover, I've always been interested in seeing this movie. And I've always had in my mind, like, this movie must be scary as hell. <laughs> you know, just based <laughs> on the cover. Same. <laughs> Unknown to my, to me, you know, about what was about to lie ahead. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, same. Uh, well, personally, I haven't, I've never seen it until adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I actually watched the remake first before actually watching the entire miniseries. So, um, yeah, it was all new thing to me. I don't have that, that nostalgia of the It, well, the It miniseries. However, mm -hmm. It's a pretty great series, even though it's not that scary. There are some like scary scenes, and we'll get into it, you know, as the episode goes on. But oh yeah, it's definitely an interesting ride, kind of seeing everything unfold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to give y'all a disclaimer, and I'm gonna have to also say I am not promoting this either. But if y'all read the book, it before. Y'all know there's like a scene in the book that's kind of like not safe for anybody. <laughs> and that could possibly put you on a list, it feels like, after reading it. You know, um, I don't want to go into great details about it, but based on like that little section of the book, because it is kind of like a pivotal, I feel like it is a pivotal scene to where like the kids are going from like, being kids into adulthood even though it's in the most grotesque way possible mm -hmm. but it also kind of like I feel like it also speaks on like the characters themselves <clears throat> at least for like the characters that are being picked for these films you know mm -hmm. so um what are some of your thoughts about the miniseries since we're now going to get into the meat and potatoes of all of this you know, I'm again, like, I'm gonna say that one scene is just my, you know, take on like the characters. That's not Meg's, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, to a certain extent, because that was one outlier, knowing that that was in the original book. And of course, you, can, you can't show that on TV. 
and you can probably only reference that if you're really risky and you know in movies but mm-hmm. again, but but going back to the miniseries though I thought the miniseries did a great job with the scenes with the adults like their yeah. whole section they were really good especially their character development I thought that was incredible um as far as the scenes with the kids there's something that was lacking like I don't know what it is it just seemed like it was going by like way too fast with the kid scenes but there were things that were added like I like the ending of the miniseries better than I do of the film series um and that ending in the miniseries was actually the ending in the book to a certain extent so mm-hmm. I don't know I mean both endings are kind of like weird to me but I feel like that yeah. would make a lot more sense yeah like I thought I don't know I think the storyline going back to what you said about the adults they did do a good job in the miniseries dealing with the adults, you know, and just dealing with like their traumas and what have you. I feel like the remakes do kind of jump into it a little bit more, I guess, in depth, but it creates like scenes that is like, why is this here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we'll get to that a little bit later on when we talk about <laughs> our whole section about it, chapter two. <laughs> and <it's- laughs> I gotta say right now, people, we're we're about to like throw a dumpster fire on this movie. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of people already did, but we're about to throw even more fire on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like going back to like the um the miniseries too, like you could tell adults wrote the dialogue for kids, you know, or at least mm-hmm. that, not that well, because that was the cringiest thing about um the miniseries is just like I understand it takes place in the 1960s and all that but the Mm -hmm. kids dialogue is just so weak to me and it's just like laughable I'm like what kids talk like that I (laughs) bet your fern they did yeah (laughs) (laughs) I bet your fern (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's one thing that kind of like that's one thing I could appreciate about like the remake itself because it's more freedom because mm-hmm. I felt like the kids didn't talk like that honestly in the 1960s now granted Henry Bowers was able to say the n-word right <laughs> yeah, he had the liberty to say that but as far as like you know anything else that was like derogatory like the kids didn't even say hell or damn and mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, you know, when you're at that age of like, maybe because they were supposed to be like 11, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, the, the kids at that age will probably be saying hell or damn. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then especially for Richie's character, too. Like, I know he's supposed to be like this obnoxious, comical kid. But the reason why they say beep, beep, Richie is because of his language. Of course, there's yeah. only so much language you can actually say with ABC but (laughs) like at least throw in a damn or hell or like you know an innuendo here and there oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's just kind of funny with seth green being (laughs) (laughs) right right that it's so crazy seeing seth green being like in that movie it's crazy because there was a lot of people in that movie that Mm -hmm. i was just like wow they were in this movie like tim reed 
Yes. Like my biggest memory about Tim Reed was him being on Sister Sister. That part. And the characters are so different, but like Tim Reed did the damn thing. He was really great as adult Mike. Like, oh, like honestly, my favorite character of the series, like by far. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or at least for his like adult characters. I mean, of course, like Tim Curry's Pennywise, like iconic. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. like, if you're talking about the Losers Club and everything and the Adult Losers Club, like, yeah, his mic is really great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Another person was, like, John Ritter. It was just, like, you know, seeing him in this film, I mean, you know, rest in peace. But um, the most I remember about John Ritter, and I'm pretty sure, like, a lot of people... Um, remember him from like I believe it was like Three's Company was the show he was on Mm -hmm. but you know the show I remember him most on was like Three Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter with Kaylee Quacko on there you know Mm -hmm. and and um Katie Seagull too you know like that that was like my memories of John Ritter you know I Mm -hmm. I don't have that memories of Three's Company's on me because for one I was probably like somewhat before my time <laughs> oh yeah no it was it was like the 70s and 80s but you know what i i have that three's company nostalgia because i used to watch it on tv land <laughs> <laughs> and like what is my seven-year-old self watching three's company like that show was like raunchy for its time <laughs> what is your seven-year-old self watching tv land <laughs> Oh my god. I remember as being a kid, like when it came to TV land, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and watch fucking I Love Lucy and all that. Oh, man, that's just my shit. Man, I was all about TV land. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing though is that I ended up liking a little bit of I Love Lucy as I got older. <laughs> Good show. Good show. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, going back to like um, some of the characters um, yeah it's I have to always remember Seth Green is not really that young (laughs) you know yeah like the casting seemed very out of place with these characters because like I was questioning like how old are these kids supposed to be and I think they're like 11 which is like you know which was kind of like I think that's what their age were supposed to be in the book but it was just like um, they were supposed the to be twelve. They were supposed to be twelve. Oh, okay. But yeah, anyway, yeah. like Seth Green and then Bill Heller. He oh yeah. Like he was fourteen. Both of them seemed like they were fourteen, and like it was out yeah. of place. And then yeah. like you know Henry Bowers and his crew, like they looked like they were fourteen. I know there was like you know you know the bully. They looked like they were like. 15 or 16 almost right and I was just like what are these teenagers picking on these kids you kind of get that for it chapter one too but it makes more sense in the context of the story since they're supposed to be in like middle school like late middle school and Mm. I'm like okay that that makes sense (laughs) kind of yeah (laughs) but it does feel like almost like they're in a school with all ages though Mm -hmm. because sometimes they know how to drive you know, and mm-hmm. Henry Bowers is like rolling with like the people that know how to drive and everything. Exactly. And so it seems like a middle high school, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what my thought was. Just by the way, disclaimer people, we, I didn't read the book. 
<laughs> I've only like went through like synopsis of the book. So yeah, and like that whole scene with um yeah, the the losers club. Um yeah. <laughs> I only know about that because it's been like the long talked about controversy. So um kind of like I want to dig into a little bit more of the characters. Um what did you think about Henry Bowers? Like between the two. Like oh yeah. <laughs> Bowers and you know definitely yeah um the yeah. movie oh, Bowers. Goodness. Yes. So Nicholas Her- Hamilton, who played the Henry Bowers of the 2017 version, looks like he could kill somebody. And <laughs> Isn't spoilers, that true? he did. And I thought that was perfect. <laughs> I mean, like, yo did the thing i just like but see dude i was actually terrified and like i saw this in theaters and you know grown-ass adult terrified of this kid like like if i'm walking across the street and we're walking the same you know the same side of the street i'm crossing the street No lie, that kid did look like he could kill somebody, in which he really did kill somebody eventually. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, the thing about me, I felt like the Bowers in the miniseries, I felt like he was just, he was a punk-ass kid. Like, mm-hmm. like he acted tough, but if you stepped up to him, that dude would crumble, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know what it was. If it was like the greaser hairstyle that just like—I <laughs> mean, I know that was the style of the day, but it's just like it just seemed like he was a punk kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just felt like he was not that terrifying. Like he was racist and all that other, you know, good shit <laughs> or bad shit, really. <laughs> but like a terror, nah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't see him as that like I was just like man if anybody can somebody put this kid in this place right now <laughs> exactly but even like Bowers crew in the remake like they were also terrifying like, oh yeah Hockstetter. like Patrick oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yes that dude I felt like he was a better accomplice to come back to life than Belch Belch mm-hmm. was just like he burped in people's faces like exactly kind of nasty shit is this you know (laughs) but but hockstetter that dude was lighting people on fire like Mm -hmm. i'm like oh nah nah (laughs) you just as crazy as bowers Mm -hmm. and that one scene in the hallway where they're all like staring at the losers club like if you just look at uh Hoxton or Patrick or whatever, same person. Yeah. And how he's looking at them, terrifying. <laughs> like I think he's even more terrifying than Bowers in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Hey, going back to Bowers a little bit, what about adult Bowers? Okay, again, we have to go to the remake with that one. Teach Grant did the damn thing. <laughs> I mean, like, Michael Cole, he's a legend in, like, you know, acting. However, he was too damn old to play <laughs> Bowers. Like, 
like compared to the cast and everything that was another problem like with the mini series is just like the casting it seemed like for both the kids and the adults like everyone just seemed like they were completely different like decades apart which in reality yes probably so but it's mm-hmm. just like change up the makeup or something because like some of the characters look like they're in their early 30s some of them look like they're in the 40s and 50s like mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like but they're all supposed to be the same age so that was one thing yeah i think that was my biggest issue with like the miniseries as as far as like dealing with the kids you know mm-hmm. like i felt like beverly she looked way too damn young in the in the miniseries like she looked like she was like barely hitting middle school mm-hmm. and maybe it is like her being like playing exactly the age of 11 but at the same time i'm like thinking to myself like i can't see her be that beverly in the actual it books that exactly that's what i was saying like i mean i feel like both you know the miniseries and the movie kind of hinted at Beverly exploring her sexuality and stuff in different ways and kind of being flirtatious with everyone I mean like Beverly she would in the miniseries you know she would give like kisses on the cheek and stuff like that and the adult Beverly was straight up making out with Bill a married man (laughs) (laughs) keep in mind she was in her little underwear and shit like that when they was at the little fucking dam and all that well, yeah, that was, but yeah, and that was in the movie. And then that, you're just kind of like, okay, I could see where they're really hinting at that one scene mm-hmm. in the movie. And I think they handled it pretty well because, you know, at her school, she already had like a reputation for like no reason and mm-hmm. stuff. And then you, you understand eventually why she has that because she's gone through that trauma you know of being mm-hmm. abused and stuff like that but you know there it's all different layers of it so you definitely see this about you could definitely like not picture that's a bad <laughs> way to say that but you can definitely <laughs> see that character doing those things that were mentioned in the novel you know mm-hmm. like the version and plus it seems like a little like I hate to say it a little less cringe because it aged up the characters but still and it's like you know but uh it's it's hard talking about this stuff (laughs) 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 don't don't cancel me like (laughs) (laughs) he wrote he wrote it I didn't (laughs) cancel Stephen King (laughs) y'all no no no, cancel it it's like how can you cancel Stephen King I'm just literally like thinking to myself you can't cancel Stephen King at this point. It's like he wrote so much fuck shit in all of his books. It's it's like half the stuff he writes doesn't really get interpreted in the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and after watching this one video about like the interpretation of it and everything that happens in the book, they mentioned about other books where he, he just writes some major fuck shit especially in Dr. Sleep, like um, Rose the Hat, she actually ends up like sleeping with the one girl, I forget her name, but she was like the, um, I think it was Snakeskin Lily or whatever her name mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And she's like a teenager and it's yeah. like, what? Yeah. And it's and just she kind of like, Stephen King, why are you doing all this? Like, 
yeah of <laughs> minors like you know like but i don't know and i like almost try to like i that scene was kind of gratuitous to me the you know stuff in it but now mm-hmm. i kind of like after reading a, or watching a summary about it and like reading a little bit about it, i'm like okay i kind of get it because throughout that entire book um she's exploring herself because of you know the abuse from her dad and yeah. stuff and trying to take ownership of said thing yes is the most extreme way but i'm like okay yeah. <laughs> character this doesn't seem like it's a scene for just shock value you yeah know? Mm-hmm. yeah i mean it would have been crazy if like if they actually kind of hinted in the movie at least in part two they hinted that but they didn't like mention it at all in part one that would have been fucking great i think people would have lost their shit honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd be like oh that's what happened in the club house <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. oh my god speaking of the clubhouse let's say we take a break right now because we got to get into chapter two right now <laughs> and a little bit more chapter one because we got to talk about how awesome that shit was yeah i feel like i feel like more like we'll bring it all together after this break because yeah (laughs) we're kind of teasing the audience a little bit sorry you guys (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um we'll be right back and we'll talk more about it chapter one two in the mini series so like you should say in a scary movie i'll be right back And we are back, you guys, and I am back with Megan's World, and we are now going to talk about more a little bit about the It movies, a little bit about more of like the, more of the things on it, and just like some poll results that we did. Oh my god, look at me not able to talk now. (laughs) (laughs) But some poll results that we both did on Instagram. Now let's let's start off with the poll results because this is gonna dive more into the characters and just our personal thoughts about like who played who better, honestly. Um, so kind of like just starting off. Um, so what was your poll results for Pennywise? First off, let's start with that. Let, let's start with an easy one because yeah, and we'll talk about more of like who we like, you know. So yeah, between Tim Curry and Bill Skarsgård, it was neck and neck at first for my poll results, but Tim Curry ended up being the winner with 55% and Bill Skarsgård with uh, 45%. Oh, yours was very close. Mine was a landslide. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was like, fuck Bill Skarsgård. (laughs) It's all about the Curry, you know. (laughs) But 75% went with Tim Curry over Bill Skarsgård. Now me personally... I'm a Bill Skarsgård fan, honestly. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know what? Yeah. Like, I, you know, it, for me, I can't really choose because each of the portrayals are so different. One yeah. thing I do like about Tim Curry's Pennywise, at least for the first half of the movie, dealing with the kids, is that he looks like a regular clown. And that has to do with like costuming yeah. and makeup and stuff like that. But he also portrayed him as a regular clown other than the demonic shit you know <laughs> so it was like that there's that trickery in there um yeah that kids could be lured to 
and then it just is like out of nowhere whereas bill skarsgård was like creepy pennywise from the jump oh and yeah yeah like i'm and i'm kind of looking at the georgie scene and i'm kind of like yo if i see that pennywise in a sewer i'm getting the fuck out of here like he's not gonna trick me <laughs> like what especially like georgie's like six i'm like if i saw anything look like that at six years old i'm out of there I'm yeah. running to my mom. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was, I, me personally, I was like, I don't know. I think Bill Skarsgård, Pennywise, he's, like you said before, creepy. And it's just like, I feel like with that Pennywise, you know, he's able to like do a lot of tricks and what have you. And, you know, he managed to, I guess they stuck more into him being a shapeshifter form and what have you. You know, mm-hmm. where like if you watch it chapter one, this motherfucker is everywhere. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. You know, he's the librarian in the back, you know, watching Ben. He's the painting that Stanley is afraid of. You know, he's running around as Georgie, you know, just like just to make Bill fall deeper into grief. It it's like it's insane what this guy was doing you know Mm -hmm. and i get what you're saying like yeah tim curry tim curry's pennywise that's definitely a clown that like you know if you saw you'll just think like it's a regular clown but if he's sitting there talking about like you'll flow too you're like oh shit no this is not no clown what the fuck (laughs) is this guy you know right like my only kind of critique about uh tim curry's pennywise is you know, with the scenes of the adults and how he's just kind of like taunting them. Oh yeah. You know? I was kind of like, all right. I mean, he's going ham on that and whatever, but it just seemed like it was more silly than scary. And it was yeah. kind of weird. I'm thinking about the library scene, you mm-hmm. know, with like the balloons everywhere and like popping blood and you know everyone's faces, but he's also like making fun of the adult characters and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, that's just a silly scene. It's not terrifying. No, but it, no. I feel like, but it will scare kids, which was possibly maybe kind of the target audience to a certain extent. <laughs> the yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the target audience was for that one, frankly. But I feel like Bill Skarsgård was definitely a Pennywise for the adults. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, no, that... No, he was great with that one. <laughs> so well, see, I, both. <laughs> well, well, see, that's the thing with Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. The way he was attacking adults was he was attacking them for their trauma. And I mean, <laughs> anybody that's already seen this movie before, you know, they already know like this movie is about trauma. If you didn't know it's about trauma before, welcome to the club, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um. I felt like this movie, well, with the remake with Bill Skarsgård, he did kind of tap into like the Losers Club's trauma a little bit more. And the way the movie kind of portrayed their trauma was a little bit more like in a realistic fashion, you know, like we're like, we're like, they kind of forgot about everything that happened with Pennywise. But then as soon as they walked back into Derry, all of their stuff that like they used to overcome what well, actually they didn't even overcome their traumas they literally just walk right past it you know mm-hmm. and 
you know, all of a sudden they come back to dairy and like, now it's like, oh shit, I'm stuttering again. Oh, I feel like this helpless slutty girl back in, you know, middle school and all that. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like the fat kid again, you know, Mm -hmm. like all those insecurities start to manifest over again because they never truly got over it. Exactly. But yeah, like going into like childhood traumas and everything like that, like, well, not really childhood traumas, but let's go back to the characters and these polls too, because we got a lot to go. Through. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, Bill Dembro, Kid Dem- Bill, what was your yeah. poll? So uh, going off of that, oh, man. I, okay, again, I'm writing down <laughs> everything. I'm writing so. <laughs> such chicken scratch so anyway that one was also neck and neck but um man i can't read the actor's name help me out with old uh with the uh with the 90s okay jonathan brandis jonathan brandis okay (laughs) cool thank you jonathan (laughs) brandis uh 55 percent and jaden martell 45 percent um that one i would have to disagree with i thought Jaden montel did a great job with bill yeah you know, young bill. i think he did great um i admired i mean again this is within like the writing of the story but i did like the friendship that him and georgie had and you mm-hmm. could tell that he loved georgie and it kind of makes sense of his grief i mean again like you know it's his kid brother and whatever sometimes you know kid brothers you know siblings get on your nerves but at the same time you love them and you want them to be safe and you saw yeah. that with his characterization and his performance where it's yeah. like you know with um jonathan brandis performance he initially just seemed so annoyed with georgie mm-hmm. and didn't really care granted that's kind of part of the writing and now you kind of feel like when he gets older that regret that he was kind of shit to his brother before his death you know yeah. so like it's a little bit both but i think overall like it was a better performance in the remake yeah i i, I agree too i i don't think there's anything else i can really like put on top of that because i thought um jd Mattel did play the role of bill very well and like it also showed like how bill in the remake was trying to find different ways to kind of save Georgia, you know, between like trying to create like this little filter system to pump them out of the sewers, you know, um, always hanging out at the sewers or the barons a lot because even though he was like tricking his friends, because honestly, Bill tricked his friends, you know, into helping him go find Georgie and all that, you know, he wasn't like concerned about his like let's be honest he wasn't concerned about his friend's safety at all mm-hmm. he was more into finding his little brother than anything else you know and mm-hmm. i feel like the remake did portray that that role for him with jd Mattel a lot better so moving on um let's talk about beverly marsh what happened with young beverly on your end oh it was a <laughs> landslide so sophia willis or lillis um who played beverly in the 2017 she got 90 percent uh where emily and again my handwriting (laughs) richie rich rich 
<laughs> Emily Perkins. <laughs> Perkins, holy shit, my hammering's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Perkins got only 10%. I thought that was like, uh, like, damn, like, why was it such a landslide though? Like, she didn't do like an awful job, Emily Perkins. She really didn't. Like, she was a decent Beverly. Actually, like, the scene with um the sink scene and that i i thought she did a great job too and you know her yeah. whole shot of fear and then that scene where like bowers attacks her oh my gosh i felt that i felt like oh man like that <laughs> made me feel nervous and then how like that old man just did not help her out and all yeah. that stuff and kind of feeling the eerie side of dairy and stuff like that i thought that was great like she gave a really great performance however as far as the, depic the depiction of Beverly, again, I would have to give it to the 2017 one because it just makes sense of the context of the overall story. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, for my poll, she only did like, well, Sophia Lewis did about 54% over Emily Perkins, who did 46%. So Again, I don't think there's any more I could really put on top of what you said because, and I've we pretty much touched based on Beverly earlier. As far as like Ben, where where was your polls on Ben? Okay, so for um, it was so for Ben, Jeremy Ray Taylor, who was in the remake, got seventy four percent, where Brandon Crane got twenty eight percent. This one I have to heavily disagree with. I was so surprised <laughs> by that one because Brandon Crane did so good. Like I, I liked his performance. I liked how his character was in this. Granted, they gave granted, him a story. They gave him they, a story. They gave him a backstory. However, one thing I wish they did in the original was mention how interested, at, well, how he used Derry's history as an escape and going to the library, uh, mm -hmm. which was actually true to the book. And they did that in the remake, which was pretty cool because it helped wrap everything together. Um, mm -hmm. However, um, like, I just thought it, it was a great performance from him. And, you know, in between the two, like, it seemed like his characterization had multiple layers and stuff. And you could actually feel his, well, you could feel the stress of being the new kid, being the fat kid, all that stuff from both characters, being an awkward kid, you know, with having crushing a girl that's like out of his league at the time you know oh my god yeah but, a lot of us guys have been there <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i just thought it was a better performance in um the miniseries yeah yeah actually i can't even just say all of us guys been there because girls go through it too yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> girls do crush on guys that like it's quote unquote out of their league and don't don't get noticed also but um yeah I feel you on that one like I I also thought Brandon Crane was actually a better Ben compared to new kids on a block Jeremy Ray Taylor you know <laughs> all right do we even have to talk about Richie because I, oh feel, like, my God. I feel like for both kid and adult we know who wins 
we know who wins and it's Finn Wolfhard. Man, that kid did the damn thing. Yes. Like, he was hilarious. He took the assignment and he understood it. <laughs> and as for the poll, like Finn Wolfhard, yeah, 64% for him. Um, Seth Green, 36%. Um, oh, see, mine's like, was close with yours. Mine's was 67, 33. Oh, wow. Favoring yes. Finn. <laughs> but yeah, like, but one thing I do really like about how Seth Green's character is written um, for Richie is that his fear was from werewolves. And I thought that was a huge missed opportunity in the remake because there are so many like werewolf movies in the 80s where yeah. like Richie could be afraid of like they could have recreated that movie scene they could have uh like there there's so many werewolf movies in the 80s and even with like thriller Michael Jackson Loki oh looks like my werewolf. god <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now I used to be afraid of that scene when I was a kid right me too <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it terrifying. was I don't know what it was. Like, I wasn't afraid of the zombie scene. I could deal with the zombie scene. It was that fucking werewolf scene that got me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know, maybe it's because of the way his eyes were. Mm-hmm. The way, and of course, my phone isn't on silent. <laughs> <laughs> Being a professional people. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it was about like Michael Jackson being that werewolf. Maybe because of the eyes, maybe because of like, the transformation how horrific it looked but they made that the scariest music video i could ever think as as a kid you know mm-hmm. right no but yeah I, I thought it was a missed opportunity because like um going back to the movie i thought it was a missed opportunity i don't again i don't recall him being afraid of werewolves in the book or at least from the summaries comment below and comment mm-hmm. on the podcast if you're listening to this like what that was but um yeah it just seemed like his and again this was within the writing the whole thing about Richie conveniently being afraid of clowns seemed a little bit phoned in but again that doesn't have to be with the performance itself it's just with the depiction of the character but I thought you know Ben Wolfhart's performance in chapter one and you know in chapter two we'll get into that a little bit more was great I mean he I mean we <laughs> all know Bill Hader won this one <laughs> <laughs> we all know Bill Hader won this one okay spoil a nigga no kidding <laughs> Bill Hader won <laughs> that one, we jump in. We jump, yeah no Bill Hader got uh, 91 percent and Harry Anderson rest in peace yeah you did you did your best, but yeah, you only got nine percent. <laughs> yeah, for Bill Hader on mines, he did seventy-three percent versus twenty-seven percent. You know, Harry Anderson. All right, so moving on. Next, we are going to talk about Eddie Kasparak, <laughs> young Eddie. You know, um, Jake Dylan Grazer. He did fifty-six percent on mines. Adam. Frazzle, I don't even know how to say his last name. I, I'm probably butchering butchering it. He did 44% for mine. Okay, mine was a little bit of a landslide. So uh Jack Dylan Grazer, he got 79%. I have to agree with that one. I thought it was a great performance of that one too. Like as I far think... as his character being like neurotic and stuff, and yeah, you know, and his mom 
you know, frankly, being abusive towards him too with her Munchausen syndrome, like because he yeah. actually believed that he was sick. At, you know, it was very uh, <laughs> what's that one S- series? What was it called? Oh, the act. The act. It, it was very reminiscent of the act. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> you know unintentionally reminiscent of that whole situation (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just like you know Stephen King predicted that shit (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah no I I thought he did great you know he understood the assignment he did a great job and uh yeah the characterization and the growth of the character was great he had great lines and everything like that. Again, that was just within the writing. Um, not saying, you know, the original, you know, didn't good, Adam didn't do a great job, but again, it was the material, like what I said before in the beginning, the writing for the kid Adam characters also, wasn't strong, you know? I, I feel like Adam also, he looked too young to be in that movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, no, he looked like he was five. <laughs> <laughs> and going back to like, you know, that one scene that I keep referencing to Bell, you know, it seems more like, um, yeah, I can't see that character from the original doing that, you know? And it's like, even, but even if they, even though that scene did happen in the book, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how does Eddie go about this? Because he's a germaphobe. Exactly. That's the thing, too, that I have thought about, like, uh, I don't want to read the scene, but yet my curiosity of how everyone handles the situation <laughs> at hand. <laughs> because like, he's not, I don't think he's the first one that, you know, is aligned. He's, like, towards the middle. So it's yeah. just, like, yeah, no, I believe but maybe Mike, gets, I believe I it was Mike that went first because I read a summary of it also, and I believe it was like Mike that went first, which is kind of <laughs> interesting. Like Mike went first. Yeah, I would have thought I'm it would have been. I thought it would be Ben, but okay. <laughs> ben <think>, or Bill? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what? I would think like Ben would probably be more afraid because he wants to treat her fragile. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, oh, that's weird. <laughs> I don't. It is. It is. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> Fuck you, Stephen King. <laughs> Just for writing that scene, like, what the hell? <laughs> we don't want to analyze this shit. <laughs> Everything else you're fine with, but that scene, no. <laughs> that scene alone would get us demonetized. <laughs> oh man. But um moving on to Stanley Uris. Uh yeah. Um Wyatt um Olaf uh, got 61% and Bill Heller got 39%. That one I would also agree to that um why did a great job as far as that character because like stan just seemed very plain again that was just within that was just within like you know the writing again but the performance itself other than the scene where he's like terrified 
mm-hmm. like it's just bland to me you know and it was just unfortunate because it's like stan is a great character um despite of having limited screen time yeah and you really don't feel i mean it's kind of sad how everything plays out in adulthood with you know and again we're going to get into that characterization later but you don't <clears throat> kind of feel like oh man like this is the kid oh my gosh this is his fate like mm-hmm. you do in the remake you know yeah you d- he's definitely a more sympathetic character which is he's supposed to be a sympathetic character and you definitely feel that emotion through the remake yeah yeah well my poll is a little bit different oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah 67 percent went with ben heller while 33 percent went with wyatt olaf which is interesting i mean Mm -hmm. personally for me I would still have to probably go with Wyatt mm-hmm. just because of like all the things that you've mentioned. Um, and it does kind of like create more of a sympathy character with, with Stan. All right, going into Mike, who did you have? Because for me, Marlon took it for my poll 75 to 25. Oh, wow. Okay. So mine was neck and neck, actually. So Marlon Taylor got 45 or 43 and then Chosen Jacob, which was in the remake, got uh, 57. I, it was really neck and neck. Like I had no idea who was going to win, but here's the thing about that. So when I was actually creating the polls, Mm -hmm. I completely forgot about Young Mike. When I was (laughs) (laughs) that shows <laughs> how forgettable young Mike is as a character and yeah. almost like both contexts however I do like how his trauma in the remake is actually pinpointed a little bit more because I think that was also I I don't I don't know you can correct me if I'm wrong his parents did die in the fire in the book or did was that added in the remake I'm not sure I'm not sure either. Okay. But anyway, I just like that element, how that was shown. Another layer of trauma instead of, oh, I'm the only black kid in a predominantly white community. You know, it, you know, of course that is trauma within itself. However, there was that added layer and stuff and trying to live up to what his parents, you know, their legacy, but also not wanting to do that, like not wanting to be a butcher and all this other stuff. Like I thought his characterization was good. And given the material, his performance was good too. Same thing could be said with Marlon Taylor. However, his character was so one-dimensional in my opinion. So you can't really say like, oh, this was good because frankly, he was one of the most forgettable ones. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've mentioned this before to you, like, he is definitely a forgettable character. I I don't know. I like Mike, but I'm not like in love with the character, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do like adult Mike in the original mm-hmm. film played by Tim Reed mm-hmm. versus Isaiah Mustafa because of reasons that we will go into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of, let's go into those poll results too, since we're on that. Um, so this poll result pissed me off because I have to agree with you. Um, Tim Reed only, and this was neck and neck too. This was so neck and neck. 
So mm-hmm. Tim Reed got 47%. Isaiah Mustafa got 53%. Again, neck and neck, you know? <laughs> so Really? But, so Mustafa got favored over Tim Reed? Yes. See, for my poll, it was 65-35 Tim Reed. Mm-hmm. Which I but, felt was proper because, yeah, well, I guess we can jump into it right now. Um, fuck adult Mike. Yes, <laughs> in the remake. Yes, 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 yes. He, I did not like his character at all. Like performance was great. Mm-hmm. The depiction of the character, mm-mm. no. I mean, however, it was kind of true to the book. Yeah. You know, it was true to the book. Uh, you know, especially bring you know, um, the uh, the chewed story and all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. kind of, it, well, it's true most, uh, most part. But like, I don't know. It's just like how the character was depicted in chapter two just he seemed like vindictive and kind of had his own agenda with everything. He had his whole. He had his own agenda the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. And that was the part that really annoyed me was just like how much deceit this dude was doing. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, this guy is literally just bringing everybody to, to the face of death, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're as in the original, which I felt like they stayed true to form because Mike does end up getting stabbed by Bowers and he doesn't yeah. make it to like, you know, where they face off against Pennywise, the spider, you know? Exactly. And he, he was more genuine. He wasn't like trying to lure everybody back to Derry just to face their trauma once again and, you know, be in the brink of death. Exactly. You know? Like it seemed like it was a, at a genuine place because he's like, oh my gosh, this cycle's happening again. We mm-hmm. need to stop this because we promised when we were kids that we were going to stop it. Like now's the time, you know? Yeah. And it just kind of made sense with like, you know, his character's profession and all that. It just seemed like, you know, a genuine spot. And he did care about his friends. It seemed like friendship was there with Tim Reed's character. And I, like really surprised that it was so neck and neck and I was hoping (laughs) that my boy Tim Reed was going to get it but you know (laughs) it is what it is but that was a shocker to me like (laughs) yeah really was but and again he was like my favorite character and um the the miniseries as far as the adults and stuff because I just thought the characterization was good it went back to the novel because actually um, a little bit of a foreshadowed, like he actually writes the note to everyone. It's not Stan who writes the note. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that a little later on, which I was like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. But again, context of the movie, they want to switch things up. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of adults, here's my thing. What is up with the adults and dairy? Honestly, like these have got to be the worst fucking parents <laughs> I have ever like encountered. Like, I know we all got like our, you know, there's some people that are raised in good homes, some people raised in like fucking god awful homes, but Jesus 
like it was just like these parents were just like off <laughs> like there was something really off about these parents you know exactly like and a book touches upon it and I don't actually remember the reason why or how it was depicted but mm-hmm. it was like yeah it's just like a cursed town for whatever reason and again like <laughs> but I was kind of thinking too like yeah in uh, chapter one you do see um you know a parent that actually cares for her child because mm-hmm. she's at the school and a little bit of Easter egg, you see that ba- you learn that Bauer's dad is a cop. And it's like, what? Like, that's not <laughs> <just> kind of- <laughs> But, and that is recently as of today of recording. <laughs> because I rewatched it, I was like, oh, shit. But, well, at least I re, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah. And I, that's kind of like the only character with like genuine compassion. I mean, you could argue that Eddie's mom was like that, but again, she had like Munchausen syndrome, she you know. Abusive. But she was abusive in that fact because she was like coddling him to the point where she didn't even like him hanging out with other people. And she didn't blamed want him it. to do anything. Exactly. And that kind of goes into like, you know, his trauma in adulthood because, and one thing I do like about the remake, how they, uh, they stuck to the story of him marrying someone who is just like his mother, you yeah. know, instead of having him still live with his mother like they did in the miniseries. Yeah, like I I don't see it happening that way. I could see him more marrying someone that is like her, you know, not him mm-hmm. still living with her. Mm-hmm. You know, which I thought was also done well. Mm-hmm uh oh well let's go back to these quotes where are we at right now oh the henry bowers of course bowers <laughs> bowers and yeah we touched on a uh, more but um nicholas hamilton got 62 percent um and Jer- jared blanchard yeah uh got 38 percent for my poll and i agree with that i need to get into it a little bit more because i already did <laughs> for a break <laughs> i mean it was a landslide you know nicholas hamilton 75 25 you know and that it makes much sense because it's like looking at his trauma to the reason why he act the way he act is because he's like not because he's well uh, it's because he's being abused by his dad you know his dad's a cop hard edge you know, probably dealing with like a bunch of little shits that's like causing all types of trouble. And what does he do? He displaces his anger onto Bowers. What does Bowers do? He displaces his anger onto everyone else, like all the kids in town. Mm-hmm. So I think Nicholas Hamilton, like I said before, this kid looks like he can murder somebody, which he eventually does, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this kid was more of a better pick as like, you know, Henry Bowers compared to like the original series where like, yeah, that kid is like supposed to be the bully and racist and all this other stuff. But he doesn't seem like anybody that would commit murder, at least. 
you know, mm-hmm. even though he does, you know, cut Ben or tries to cut Ben, mm-hmm. you know, in the mini series. Um, but as far as the movie, yeah, no, nah, this one was like legit the a, a killer. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And hence uh, why he was thing- being hence why he was easily seduced by Pennywise, you know? Exactly. Oh, also another great thing too, a little Easter egg about the, I, you know, I like the remix because of all the Easter eggs of this, but you see like that kids channel or we think it's a kids channel, like public access. Oh yeah. Um, And you see that playing, you know, with the adults, but they're not actually watching it. You know, you always see that shit when the kids are around and it's so crazy. And Henry Bowers is the only one who like really gets sucked into that and that's why he wants to commit murder and mm-hmm. stuff and I remember like the second time it's shown is in Beverly's place or Beverly's home and you literally hear the the lady on the show saying oh it's fun to hang out in the sewers with your friends mm-hmm. like that is fucking crazy <laughs> <laughs> but then you hear like later on in that scene it switches on to like a baseball game or the news. I can't remember which one it was. It was a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, and this was my thing. I was like, okay, so who's hearing this? Like, who's literally hearing what's happening on the television? Is mm-hmm. it the parents and the kids or is it just the kids that can hear it? I feel like it's just the kids that can hear it because again, it's like supposed to be like a Sesame Street you know kids show (laughs) but it's just like but it's Pennywise trying Mm -hmm. to get kids to either die or kill other people (laughs) yep 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 Mm -hmm. actually kind of going back to like you know the history okay here's something that is probably gonna make you go like what the fuck so you know how, like, they say Pennywise is supposed to terrorize the town every 30 years? Mm-hmm. All right, so think about that for a second. Every 30 years. You know, if you're thinking about, like, someone who's 1 to 30, you know, by 30, someone can have a kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking in my head right now, and I just thought about this, like, maybe, like, today or the day before, Shouldn't there have been like some type of like family, you know, like warning, you know, if you're a family that lived in Derry for like a long time, a very long time, how come no one was just like, hey, you know, um, every 30 years, there's like this creepy ass clown that's in the sewers that kills kids. So uh, I'm telling you just to be careful, you know, like, I feel like it should be like someone's grandparent, like even if it's not someone's direct parent, yeah. it should be somebody's grandparent that has had some type of contact with this creepy ass dude, you know? You know what? That is so true. But like, here's the thing, like I kind of, I mean, again, book has the book, movie has the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, that's why I felt like it, it was literally, like you're telling me, how long this dude's been terrorizing these people there hasn't been one person that's escaped and just been like yo there's a fucking creepy clown that's like attacking us Uh uh-huh i i can agree with you on that but to a certain extent and like the the universe of it all 
a lot of the people who have witnessed Pennywise have not lived to, you know, see the day. Well, true. That, that is true. So that so that's that's my defense of the book and the movie. Um, two, um, the there's some corruption going on in the town and the manipulation of Pennywise. That's my whole theory. It took mm-hmm. me a while to think about it, like to answer your question about why the, <laughs> the parent, like everyone's like that. But I think it is because of the manipulation of Pennywise ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there is a reason behind that. But I think it ultimately like, yeah, like not all the kids see Pennywise, but when they yeah. do, they don't live. And that's why the Losers Club is a different situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 is kind of a good um reason because that's been like my thing about it. Like I I feel like there should be like you know someone who has been like yo there's a fucking creepy like in the sewers yo you know but you know one thing i do like about the mini series though is like seth green's you know seth green's richie actually says like oh there's a roll of downstairs and all the kids are laughing at him so it's mm-hmm. like they've never experienced some shit like that or like you know if or even like they come down in the remake, like he's like, "Hey, there's a clown," to like some kids or whatever, and then mm-hmm. everyone's like laughing, like, "No, I didn't have, st- I haven't seen any clowns or whatever," or like that could be the connection, like, "Hey, what about?" Well, I think they mentioned that too, like that clown or whatever, but yeah. it's only the people that have actually experienced that, you know. And it's not like a, oh, he terrorizes all the kids; he just does it one by one you know yeah i but at the same time like dude's a well i mean i guess he can't be at more places than once he's not like freddy krueger who (laughs) haunts people in their dreams and all that where he could be at multiple places i feel like freddy could be at multiple places just because he's in the dream world Mm -hmm. pennywise he's just like that one entity you know he can't be at multiple places because you know he's in the real world but Mm -hmm. i'm just like dude is terrorizing kids and i don't know how he picks his kids that he terrorizes or just goes after you know he he has like a raffle (laughs) (laughs) yo i'm just saying like there should be no kids in dairy (laughs) but you know like having like watched the film pretty recently like uh, chapter one they mentioned like hey you know dairy has like the highest death rate you know and kids are a lot you know with like i think they said like six percent or like the you know highest murder rate or some shit and mm-hmm. then they said but it's like worse for kids so they like yeah that. yeah which i thought was fascinating but, but yeah uh-huh. we're gonna go back into um some of the adult polls now we're talking about like adult trauma and stuff like that oh yeah yeah i feel like i want to kind of like go through them quickly though. oh yeah <laughs> so, so we so we could kind of get into the meat and potatoes of all the fuck shit with chapter two <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah but um as a matter of fact to kind of run through it fast um can you state some of your winners Oh, yeah. So James McAvoy was the winner for Adult Bill. 
Jessica okay. Chastain, oh, with 68%. Jessica Chastain with 69%. Ooh, 69, Jessica Chastain, sorry. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hader by a landslide, 91%. Yeah, we already went through that. Yeah. Um, and um, John Redder, 55%. I don't know why this was like, you know, back and forth. Like, this was kind of neck and neck too. But honestly, John Redder did the damn thing with that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Jay Bryant has seemed boring to me. He was honestly forgettable. <laughs> like when it, came that, <laughs> when it came to that character, I forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as Eddie, um, what was it? Is it Jason Bean? Uh, um, John James, Bean? No, James Bean. James Ranson. James Ranson. My bad. Oh my god. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking of Andy Bean. I'm thinking Andy Bean. Okay, yes. Okay, Andy Bean, um, he won for Stan. And yeah, Jason Ranson for Eddie, uh, 79%, which I actually agree. And by the way, that casting was amazing for that character. Like, actually, for <laughs> all the adult characters were so great. And actually, a little fun backstory about that. Actually, for the most part, the kids actually picked the casting for their, like, the kids in Chapter 1 picked the casting for Chapter 2. So yeah, good job on them. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So to kind of run through my polls real quick, um, Richard Thomas won with 52%. Um, Annette O'Toole won with 52%. <laughs> John Ritter won with 75%. Bill Hader, of course, is the one that won, you know, 73. I mean, it's hands down, he was the best one. James Ransom um, won with 52%. Tim Reed won with 65. Andy Bean won with 52. And Michael Cole actually won with 64%. What? Okay. Oh, yeah. Teach Grant for me oh, won with 62%. I'm surprised by that. Like, what? I think, okay. Granted, our followers are a little bit different because like <laughs> a lot of my followers like they're not like diehard horror movie fans uh, you know uh, some of them are but mm -hmm. like your fans obviously love horror movie your you know your followers and stuff so I can kind of understand why it's a little bit more neck and neck before yeah. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> it's, and probably there is a little bit of that bias you know, yeah, for the remakes, yeah. you know, and more recognizable actors and stuff like that from other works, especially like for especially for Jessica Chastain. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of Jessica Chastain stands on my on my profile <laughs> and stuff. And I also am a fan of hers as well. Um, but yeah, like I was very shocked by a lot of the people picking the remake characters or remake adult versions because oh because how i phrased the question was like best depiction depiction of the characters and mm, the original miniseries did a better job surprisingly but they did a better job for the most part my only exception is beverly could have been a lot better because i was kind of like beverly where are you at girl like i know you went through a lot of trauma but why are you making out with bill like why are like her acting was all right Annette O'Toole's was okay um mm -hmm. 
was some other stuff that kind of had a problem with her. I mean, her scene, the scene um, when she revisits the house is pretty good. That was that was her standout moment. Same thing with Jessica Chastain. Um, yeah. So good that it ended up in the trailer. Um, <laughs> well, well, since we on part two, I mean, yeah. let's just get into all the. Let's fuck go that. into it. Yeah, why not? What? What the fuck is wrong with part two? What? Why is it? Why is it so terrible? <laughs> <laughs> why is it so terrible uh you know what you know it's so crazy because i honestly thought there was a different director for part two in my mind after re-watching this because it seemed like it wasn't the same director but it was you know mm-hmm. um but it just seemed like there was a little bit of a disconnect about the roles of pennywise even though Stephen King actually breaks his own rules too because you know there's that opening scene with the gay couple but that and I was kind of like well that's random Pennywise only kills kids not you know kids in dairy not gay couples but that gay was couples that didn't from- that weren't even from dairy you dairy. know exactly that's what I'm surprised about but come to find out with some research that scene was in the book and it was actually a long scene and i was just like mm-hmm. what like, yeah King, you've been breaking your own rules of pennywise you you said <laughs> oh pennywise is doing a rebranding and for 30 years <laughs> he'll switch it up <laughs> and that was the biggest like laws or opportunity i wish they had recreated the opening scene in the mini series, like not the Georgie scene, or me, like not. I'm not talking about the Georgie scene. I'm talking about the scene where, like, the girl, the tricycle, and you see Pennywise in between, like, the sheets and stuff. Oh, that sounded weird. <laughs> <between> the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a you know laundry or whatever. Yeah, 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 fans, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Obviously, that like to be like bloody, and you see like you know blood sp- splatter like on the sheets. So, like light sheets, I've been dope as fuck. But you know mm-hmm. they didn't do that. But anyway, ha- hey, if y'all want to make a chapter three, you know have me be one of the writers, <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're gonna recreate that scene, fam. We gotta recreate that. <laughs> Even though it wasn't on the, in the book, but we get to recreate that scene because that would have been awesome. Um, what's another thing too? That um, clubhouse, yeah. the clubhouse huh? in the timeline of the creation yes! of it. I don't know how or when they, they because in part one, it's clear that they're all hanging out at the Barrens in the mm-hmm. sewers a lot because you know of Bill. Mm-hmm. Where does Ben get the time to just create this clubhouse that's underground and he's just like oh yeah you know in like a couple of weeks from that time we were all separated I managed to create this clubhouse like in a matter of weeks like what it doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) and I'm just kind of like all right but they didn't even like hang out like but that's the thing the timeline of it all because in our understanding of chapter one, it was like, oh, Pennywise is terrorizing, this, you know, this clown, it is terrorizing everything. Um, and then 
you know, they have a one moment that is like, you know, their friendship breaks up and they do their own thing. And then they get back together for that final battle. And then Beverly leaves for Portland, Maine. You don't, where does the clubhouse fit in? It does not fit in anywhere because in the clubhouse, all of them are hanging out together. And it's just kind of like, what, when, when was this? It wasn't, you know, after, you know, they jump into the river together because, or maybe it was, but we just don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to make logical sense of this, but there really isn't any. <laughs> there isn't. I, I, I'm still lost on how all that came about or how it was created. I'm just like, yo. It was just filler. That's really it. It, it, it felt like just filler. straight up filler. Just so it could do that scene of, you know, your hair is winter fire and all that. So she could finally get the message, even though he told her when they were young in part one. See, that, that was another annoying thing is like they were so quick to forget that that happened. And mm-hmm. she's just like, no, Bill wrote that. It's like, mm-hmm. no, he didn't what the mm-hmm. fuck he doesn't want you anyway he married <laughs> <laughs> well his wife seemed pretty invisible in, in the remake <laughs> which another disappointing thing was too and i kind of wish they added the bike scene especially since they showed the bike in chapter one you know and they actually showed the name of the bike and all that stuff like missed opportunity like that's the problem with chapter two too many missed opportunities with a almost three hour long movie yeah you know and it's just like why why so much filler why so much boring parts of it i freaking fell asleep the last time i watched it (laughs) Like, (laughs) like honestly the best part of the movie is like the beginning other than that like I, I mean, I'm making it seem like it's the worst film ever, but it is so disappointing, you know? Like, I mean, again, when it comes to like the discussions of trauma, they did a great job talking about that and how trauma affects adulthood and, yeah. you know, and trying to navigate those waters, like, so to speak. Um, well, see, that's just, the thing. With the remake, I feel like they did show like how a lot of the characters, their trauma, and this is one of the questions I kind of like posed on my on my poll was like, does trauma affect you in adulthood? A lot of people agree, yes, it does. Because mm-hmm. it does. It does affect people when you get older, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just about how you deal with your trauma, you know? Some, exactly. Some people ignore it. Some people you know they end up being in a stagnated space some people just like I don't know do destructive things in their trauma you know Mm -hmm. um with a lot of the characters it seems like they never really faced their trauma Mm -hmm. where like they just forgot about everything as soon as they got away from dairy they forgot about everything Mm mm-hmm exactly like i think that whole thing is a great metaphor about like that escapism that people that experience trauma have 
and trauma within adulthood like you want to try to forget things that have happened uh you want to distract yourself you want to you know redeem yourself by successes like Mm -hmm. everyone is a big success in their own right you know and um and that's kind of and it's a good representation you know it doesn't seem like out of the ordinary uh and I thought that was just really great writing in that, but how it's kind of metaphorical. They forget everything until they get that one phone call. But I think that's a good metaphor for repression, repressed emotion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything. And then, you know, and then the phone call is that one trigger, you know, that triggers all the trauma they, they experience. And, you know, they get back to that. And then that's how their memory, you know, works. And, you know, Pennywise takes that, it takes advantage of that too um especially with beverly and actually all the characters really but i'm just thinking about that scene where beverly goes to her childhood home and she actually sees like her dad's name on the um uh, near the doorbell or whatever and Mm -hmm. then it's actually someone else's name and then she's like oh and she doesn't even know like her father passed away and stuff like all that stuff so it's just oh yeah she she totally avoided like any connections with him mm-hmm. no but see it goes back to like now what i was stating earlier like where was the parents in all this and honestly like even though as like as good of a friendship as the losers club had you know my question was also was was these kids a good support group for each other you know mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like I was reading like a lot of stuff about <laughs> about tra- childhood trauma. <laughs> you know, I, I, obviously, I probably should have been reading reading more about it, but I was reading more about childhood trauma because I just found the topic of it being very interesting. You know, mm-hmm. because this is what this movie is based on, and with most people that deal with trauma, you know, one way to get you know by your trauma is to have a good support group you know whether that's family friends you know whoever you could trust you know have a good support system around you mm-hmm. now I'm thinking like in the terms of like the losers club that was literally not a really good support group no matter how you try and frame it yeah they're good friends but it's like did they really help each other through the trauma because as soon as Mike called them it's like Bill is like, boo, 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 boo. <laughs> like yeah, you, know, exactly. you know, they're all going back scared shitless again. And Stan is like, nah, bro, I- I'm good. Fuck that fam. I- I'm mm-hmm. I'm taking myself out of this game. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that's a really great question. I never actually really thought about it, but they ultimately are trauma bonding. All of them are going through something coincidentally. Mm-hmm. and then they're experiencing this whole thing together like you know the main losers club group was um stan eddie bill and um and uh richie those were like the main ones and then beverly came in and then ben came through and then uh mike later on because of the Trump well Ben with you know being bullied mm-hmm. and then you know uh 
Oh, and then I guess in the mini series, Beverly was always kind of there too, was she? Um, or did she just like happen to like fall into the Lazarus Club? She group? she she fell in also. In yeah, the but original. she fell into the Lazarus Club group, and then you know, so it, you know, where the following characters, they just took them under their wing, you know, because of trauma, and then they're all experiencing the trauma from Pennywise. So it's just like ultimately, it's not like a genuine blossoming friendship they're only sticking by each other because they're going through this thing together but then like once they figure it out they defeat they defeated a pennywise they're not they do not talk to each other yeah at least that we know of until years later except beverly in the remake she somehow has stan's number which is so dumb it's like <laughs> It's like, why is Mike the one calling everybody when she could have literally been like, oh, I got Stan's number, blah, blah, blah. You know, like... Mm-hmm. The movie. That was one thing. I'm just like, <laughs> Ryder, did you, like, forget, like, the... <laughs> did y'all forget um, that y'all are supposed to lose contact? why the hell like it seemed like she was buddy buddy with like stan and his wife because Mm -hmm. she's like oh yeah that was stan's wife like what girl like i huh (laughs) yeah yeah that was another weird thing that happened but you know positives though like that uh that scene in the chinese restaurant was very good oh yeah yeah. And again, the food looked bomb as fuck. I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's before we get to the fortune cookie part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the way you do it. You get like a bunch of big plates and take off the plates. Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, uh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. going back to the trauma bonding, it makes me wonder like, what was their friendship after the Pennywise situation like did they all because we understand like in the remake you know um Beverly she pretty much is moving to Portland you know she's pretty much leaving Derry but the guys I'm like I'm wondering like okay what happened this in between years with the guys mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean, that's that's very fascinating because, like, you don't know. And it just seemed like they just all decided to go their separate ways for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't really have a friendship, which I was kind of like, you know, that was just very odd. Like, you could, granted, they were, like, an eighth grade, but I doubt there's going to be, like, you know, I think it was a they middle school. They live in a small school. town. They live in a small town. They live in so, a small town. And, and you- that would make sense in the context of the, the clubhouse. But Beverly was there at the clubhouse. So, again, that was, like, a really weird plot hole for both the book and the, the miniseries and the movie. I mean, I don't know if it's visited in the book. Mm-hmm. But they just had a big falling out. Uh because it's like there was those high school years a lot of all of them were like yo um i'm gonna live my life i'm kind of done with this (laughs) so i'm you know going back like i don't think their friendship was actually that genuine even from the job you know with the the original four like yeah because keep in mind they a lot of them were very hesitant when mike called 
and he's trying to get them to all face Pennywise. And, you know, Mike seemed like the only one who was really passionate about, you know, this whole promise. But it's like, yeah, the only reason you're only passionate about it is because you never really officially moved on. You know, you're still stagnant and stuck in that, mm-hmm. you know, this is what happened state. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, I'm still trying to keep vigilant because, hey, maybe I'll get my best friends back, you know, because mm-hmm. those are some of my good years and what have mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, now that's a good point. And actually makes sense, too. And each character represents a coping mechanism of trauma, which mm-hmm. I like um, with this overall story. And I think it's very creative. To represent that in different ways um <laughs> but it's going on like about <laughs> the movie <laughs> and about the ending how do you feel like with stan's coping mechanism oh god <laughs> and how that kind of related to the ending of the the movie at least oh my i mean one one thing i could say is never the way um but I feel like the way the remake played it off, it just, they kind of glorified it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's like the characters, they weren't really that sad about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, just that note itself kind of justifying the actions, it just, I, I felt like it was just literally a disgusting act um it was just like i felt like it was like a bad ending to just a character that tragically ended their life you know mm-hmm. exactly like i i agree with that too and how that whole letter at the end kind of made it like oh it's a sacrifice all this other yeah. stuff instead of like whoa this is shocking this is traumatic because actually in stephen king's book like like in the original book the way he actually offs himself is he actually like chops himself up limb by limb which is insane right so which is how does that how is that possible how how sway how (laughs) Stephen king's got a stephen king (laughs) but you know but that's the thing too like i don't know like but you know what i didn't read the book you know what? I'm I'm gonna take a different turn about this, and maybe some people might not like it, but um, maybe the letter letter was kind of a little justified for maybe just how fucked up his mindset really was. You know, mm-hmm. as in like, think about somebody that want that wants to commit suicide or or actually falls through to committing suicide. Mm-hmm. You know like they would have to be in like such a damning place to where they write a letter and what do you think a letter like a person who is about to commit that would be it'll be something similar to stands in a way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know they'll feel like you know that they'll be holding people back they'll be Mm -hmm. you know holding you know doing a lot of wrong in life for other people you know, mm-hmm. they're not going to be living for their best expectations. They're not going to be the best player in this whole game of life and whatever. 
So instead, they're going to see themselves as a sacrifice and, and just totally check themselves out. Now, what I don't like is that fucking happy music that they play in this I movie. I know! Like, why did you have to do the happy music? And then, like, the look on his face when he's just, like, mentions, like, if you're reading this, you know what happened, or, like, whatever. Like, that little smirk that he gives to the camera. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. It's the happy music at the end. I mean, granted, there was letters in both versions, except, you know, the let the original was uh mike's letter which makes mm-hmm. sense from the hospital and then there's stan's letter you know that kind of like oh loser club i love you but i couldn't do it sorry um mm-hmm. <laughs> but keep on going on without me y'all are amazing you know and it also kind of was a letter to represent um to represent eddie too mm-hmm. um or eddie's fate um so like but again, I kind of, I like the bike scene better. <laughs> <laughs> I like the bike ending. Oh my God. I, I prefer that one. <laughs> the, the triumphant, like, oh, give, uh, give Stan more film or springtime. Shit. <laughs> uh it it's it it was definitely poorly executed it was it was i mean uh, yeah they just wanted something reminiscent to kind of put everyone back together again they didn't want to show everything i don't know i mean because if you think about it it's a really dark like take all the happy music out it's a really dark letter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's like the actors they should be portraying a facial expression that's just like fuck like you know like actual grief like and that's why the adult version you know or the version of the adults in the miniseries is a lot stronger because you actually see that grief and anguish and stuff by finding out the news you actually see i mean even though it's kind of badly acted you see (laughs) his wife (laughs) completely terrified like it's it's a horror scene it's not some poetic sacrifice as part Mm -hmm. two is painting it to be like from the jump like you know you see the juxtaposition of him taking the blood oath and then how that you know mirrors you know his act and stuff and it's just kind of like why are you trying to make this all poetic (laughs) <laughs> where it never was supposed to be poetic from the first place i know like, it It feels like a shakespearean play like oh my god i'm gonna kill myself because i can't bear to see myself face off against this killer clown from outer space exactly <laughs> like so. that yeah. yeah yeah no it and I'm not trying to be like, you know, seem like a Stephen King gatekeeper, but I was, I was <laughs> that like, cause I'm, I'm far from that. Um, but I really think they should have kept with the mood of the book, you know, yeah. in that regard, because it just seemed so phoned in mm-hmm. and it wasn't a satisfying ending no. to everything. It wasn't. So that was my biggest problem with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I think that's pretty much it because I feel like there's more to go into, but I don't want to make this super long. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we have to do a chapter two of this. (laughs) (laughs) That part. (laughs) But yeah, thank you, Megan, for coming in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, again, very awesome episode. I clearly we could talk about this movie forever <laughs> i was about um especially chapter one because that show was amazing yeah no all the easter eggs like honestly one of those movies like chapter one you have to watch that movie multiple times to get everything and i think that's why it's brilliant frankly mm. i know we said a lot in chapter two but chapter one excellent excellent remake because at the end of the day too with all of this we can learn from it like this was a remake that needed to happen with it kind of not giving it, you know, justice with having it be a mini series on ABC with all the violence and stuff. I mean, granted, you can't put everything in a movie, but this was an example of a remake that needed to be a film that needed to be remade. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least on another text, too, because, you know, it went from TV to a movie. And I think that's that's a perfect perfect way to do everything so yeah mm-hmm. overall thumbs up <laughs> i'm glad it happened <laughs> i give it two dead kittens up gotta make it creepy <laughs> but anyway um if you want people to find you on social media what are those social medias um i'm on instagram i'm on tiktok oh yeah and... i forgot about tiktok i'm on tiktok yeah. too <laughs> yeah. i I'm forget about that one <laughs> those are my main social medias you can also follow me on twitter too all of them are at megan's world that is m-e-a-g-a-n-z world and yeah if you wanted to see like some film stuff and cosplay stuff and just you know, TikTok is kind of all over the place, but it's still fun. It's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Megan's world. And also I'm on the sauce talks too. Um, That's on Twitch. Again, all the links are in my bio for my Instagram. So definitely check that out. Um, I talk about all subjects on the sauce talks. (laughs) 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 And it's really fun. So yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Yep. Yep. All right. So thank you once again, Megan, for coming to the show. Yeah. Welcome to the Slasher Corner, everybody. We're I always suggest you a must-watch slasher movie of the week. And I gotta say right now, we're not gonna have a slasher movie of the week, but you know what? Let's just take the time to rock out to this new beat provided by Kelly the Wolf. Let's talk for a moment. You know, all you guys out here just rocking with me, you know, we're not a large crowd we're not a big crowd we're not like you know anybody famous or anything like that you know that's not what we do we do it here for the love of 
horror movies, art, and everything else, you know, in between, you know, nerd culture and everything like that, but I just want to say thank you all for, like, rocking with me, for those that are listening to the podcast, those that are actually giving it likes, you know, comments, you know, and those that kind of follow me on Instagram and, you know, rock with your boy, you know, have conversations with your boy and everything like that. You know, I just want to say, like, it has been a very interesting experience. I mean, it's, it's something I never really... Thank you to Megan for coming to the show. I want to thank her one more time. You know, the World of Doom will be coming back pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, just keep your eyes peeled for that, you know? Um, make sure you guys check out her show, The Sauce Talk, you know? they Every Sunday on Twitch around... Um, 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you know, you know, on the East Coast, it's a little bit late, but, you know, they got episodes that come out every Wednesday, so, they got you on that, um, but other than that, your boy is signing out for the week, this has been another episode of Let's Talk About Horror, um, if you want to follow your boy once again, those social medias are Walter Doom on Instagram, Walter Doom one on Twitter, Walter Doom on everything else and the Walter Doom on TikTok. So yeah, I mean, all you gotta do is follow your boy, you know? Give him some love, give him some likes, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But anyway, I am signing out. This has been another episode. This is America. Don't let him catch you slipping now. Peace and stay diabolical.